Dr. Gregory Jans is a best-selling author of over 45 books and the founder of the Center A Place of Hope, voted a top 10 center for depression treatment in the U.S. As the pioneer of whole person care, Dr. Jans is known as the messenger of hope. Now the nation's expert on anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationships, trauma, and PTSD, here is Dr. Gregory Jantz. Hi, it's Dr. Greg Jantz, founder here at the Center of Place of Hope as a mental health counselor now nearly 40 years. Next year it'll be 40. Um, one of the areas that is fascinating to look at for all of us is the area of emotional intelligence. And I know we've heard EQ before, uh, as well as IQ, and some say that IQ is more important than EQ. And, you know, you think about it, our ability to get along with others, our ability to be in healthy relationships, our ability to manage conflict, all has to do with emotional intelligence. But, hey... Who was your emotional intelligence role model? Who did you have that was emotionally healthy that you go, that's how I want to be? Well, emotional intelligence is probably something we learn indirectly uh, or we don't and we struggle. And we struggle with regulating our emotions, emotion regulation. We struggle with how do we manage our emotions? How do we manage distress? How do we do it? And one of the things that we need to look at is, okay, if I don't have emotional intelligence, and, I, and here in my notes, I made three key, key factors. If I have low emotional intelligence, I will have trouble regulating my emotions and I may have low impulse control and I may not manage well and I may have outburst. The volcano of anger may go off. And just how do I manage that over and over and over? How do I manage that um, um, emotional outburst? If I, if I don't know how, I was never taught Sometimes the things that flow naturally are not always the best as it relates to emotions. If I have the need, or you know somebody like this, they have the need to be right all the time. All the time, they have to be right, no matter what. Low emotional intelligence, power and control. Uh, if I have to be need, right all the time, I probably, I probably have a trouble with... Um, emotional abuse because I have to have that power and control. All right, number three, uh, as just three things to think about as low emotional intelligence, and that is the inability to forgive or choosing not to forgive. Forgiveness, um, not practicing forgiveness. I'm gonna say to ourselves, with ourselves and with others, not forgiving. And sometimes we don't even realize it. We've had early abuse, trauma, betrayal in our life, and things have happened. And you never drew or connected the dots. At some point, this is so toxic. At some point, I have to forgive so I can be healthy again, so I can be in, be in healthy relationships. All right. Just a couple components to think about as we look at emotional intelligence and what it is. Number one is self-awareness. Um, it's the ability to, to really learn what you're feeling and understand why and then understand what to do with it. Uh, if it's a negative emotion coming up and you feel like you are going to go off, if I have emotional intelligence, I'm able to 
contain that and uh, deal with that distress. And dealing with that distress, I'm able to postpone doing anything self-destructive. I'm not being impulsive. I don't hurt others. I don't hurt myself. And we know that understanding what triggers us uh, that can create for us a pattern of outburst, a pattern of struggling with our emotions. You might have grew up at home in an environment that just seemed like maybe the home environment was depressing and there was a heaviness and depression, maybe some anxiety. And it's like you never really learned to feel good about yourself. And maybe your role models, um, they struggled. They, they struggled themselves. Maybe there was addiction in the home and there was alcohol. And as we look at that, oh, my goodness. Um, alcohol distorts emotions. Alcohol causes us um, ultimately over time to become depressed. It's a central nervous system depressant. And then it also creates anxiety. So as you look at, you're looking at the whole area of my emotions and what I learned growing up, I think sometimes that's the point where we need to also forgive. You go, okay. And for the most part, this is a general statement. For the most part, I think most parents, most families try and do the best they know how at the time, but they're unhealthy and they don't always know. Now, there are some exceptions to that. There are malicious, cruel people, and sometimes they've been family members that um, are really destructive. And I get that. That's out there as well. But sometimes we learn all this mismanagement of our emotions growing up. And in doing so, we just keep passing it on. That's why in 1992, I wrote the book, Healing the Scars of Emotional Abuse, that's still in print. Um, because uh, you, if you were victimized by all the different forms of emotional abuse, you know, there's screaming and yelling, but then there's the silent treatment, then there's the comparisons to other siblings, and, and you were in an oppressive, anxious, fear-based environment. That's what you learned, and so you go out and repeat that. So that's not emotional intelligence. But here's the good news. We can we can learn. We can learn this. Oh yeah, it takes practice, but we can learn it. Number two is self-management. We learn to manage our emotions in, in healthy ways. One of the greatest uh, things we do here is, a, is a, when a client is with us is uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, and in learning how to manage our emotions and relearning how to manage our emotions. And a key word is self-regulation. How do I regulate myself, my emotions, in a healthy way that's not destructive to me or to others? So we learn how to respond versus react. We learn how to respond versus react. Um, and in highly, highly emotionally triggered, triggering situations, we don't act out. And we're able to take these skills and actually calm down, use the prefrontal cortex of our brain, and then from there, um, after we learn that, <laughs> um, how to use this part of the brain, we make more 
if you will, rational, um, wise choices, wise decisions. But when you're full of emotion, it's going in the back, more primitive part of the brain, and we're not going to make good decisions. Usually, we do things that we later regret. All right. Number three, there's just a five of these I want to share today, but number three is motivation. So if I have emotional intelligence, I feel more, more motivated to create a future, a positive future. I feel more motivated uh, to drive the term that used to be used years ago by the famous psychologist uh, Abraham Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we all learned in basic. If you had psychology 101, the hierarchy of needs, the top of that triangle was something called self-actualization. Hmm. Maybe we could call it well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being. So as we work through, we get a sense and we remove the toxic emotions. We become more emotionally intelligent. We have a sense of well-being. Well-being is my word for self-actualization. All right. Because I don't know that you ever really get there. You're growing and healthy people are growing. You want to keep, keep growing. Um, under the heading of motivation, you, you learn how to take initiative. Because you feel good, you feel better about yourself, and you tend to be motivated to take initiative towards goals, towards things you want to uh, do, be, accomplish. Um, you know, some will look at this and go, What's God's plan for me? That's what I want to do. And as we frame this in uh, our faith, um, initiative and motivation can take on a lot of different um, meanings and directions. All right. Now, empathy, number four. Empathy, um, when I'm more aware of my own emotions and I'm not attacking others and I'm not internalizing everything and becoming depressed or anxious, um, I can develop something called empathy. Empathy is a funny word, but it's just really my ability to be aware of others' emotions and really not, not criticize them, not have harsh judgments, but I'm aware of them in such a way that I'm able to look at their perspective. I don't have to agree with it, but I'm able to look at their perspective and not condemn them. Okay, so we live right now in a world and a culture where there's a lot of condemning, a lot of harshness, a lot of critical judgment, and it's kind of brutal. But think about being in a relationship where, yeah, we have we have some differences. I don't agree, but I'm able to have empathy and put myself in their perspective. And I don't misuse them. I don't misattack them. I learn how to be in relationship when there's differences. You think about it. What we have, what we really have, is the quality of our relationships. All right. And if I have empathy, I'm probably developing compassion. If I have compassion, I'm likely developing gratitude. We love to be around grateful people. They're like a magnet. When there's gratitude, there's optimism. And there's optimism for my future. I feel hopeful about my future. That is optimism. 
And then I'm going to add from my vantage point, there's a God-given optimism that helps me have a choice perspective um, and I can have hope for my future. Hope comes when there's a plan. We need a plan. So think about this. Compassion, understanding, okay? So it starts with empathy, goes to compassion and understanding, moves over to gratitude. And gratitude, um, again, we love to be around grateful people. Gratitude then emerges to uh, look like um, optimism, faith, and hope for the future. All right, final one to, to look at here, social skills. Oh, social skills. Uh, emotional intelligence. Remember, did you have somebody that you look towards and go, they are so emotionally healthy and emotionally intelligent. I want to be like them. We never probably labeled that way, but we realized we liked being around certain people because um, they might have seemed lighter. They might have seemed more authentic. And, and really what they were exuding was emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, we have to have skills. How do I tell the truth to somebody without uh, abusing them? Sometimes the truth hurts, but I don't do it with an intent to cause any harm. How do I also um, be in a relationship when there's differences? How do I develop personal, strong relationships? How am I a truth seeker telling the truth? And practicing and having an ability to resolve conflict, which means I can probably work well to be a part of a team resolving conflict. Wow. Um, and we can show people when we have social skills that we're listening and is listening beneath the words. Listening to beneath the words is a key to empathy. You know, even asking the simple question, Help me understand what you're feeling. I really care. Wow. Even that can be powerful. Okay. Share with me so I can really understand more. How, how bad is this for you? Okay. You're going to that next level of listening. And when people feel heard and understood, they tend to feel acceptance. When I feel acceptance, I feel more loved. When people feel heard and understood, wow, I feel more accepted. It's easier than for me to make changes. I'm more motivated to make changes. All right. Um, now, a emotionally intelligent person can go to another person. It can be really difficult, but I can deal with and say difficult things. Um, and, and, and do it and face whatever I need to do. I have this thing where I just, for me, it's, it's to be discerning. And I personally will say a prayer and then I'm going to move right into it and just share honestly. The outcomes generally are pretty good. <laughs> and we want somebody that's going to do that with us. All right. How do you going to improve? How will you improve your emotional intelligence? Here's just a couple thoughts. Because uh, there are things we can do besides a few things I mentioned. Um, do emotional check-ins. This is the self-awareness. 
um, help us get in touch with our emotions. And we will even ask ourselves, how am I feeling right now? I'm, I'm checking in with myself. How am I managing that emotion? Am I allowing any emotion to become toxic? Am I saying or thinking destructive things? Just some of those things can be real helpful. Um, there's another one that's called become curious. And become curious is instead of reacting with anger and lots of stress, look, be curious, be a curious detective about the situation. Why is this having so much power over me? What is going on here? How come every time that person comes along, I give in to things I don't want to give in or I do things I don't want to do? Just become curious about what is it that's going on there? All right. And then next, proactively listen. When somebody's sharing with you, resist the temptation, temptation to always interrupt. That's a little hard sometimes, isn't it? Uh, when, uh, when you're sharing something and somebody's constantly interrupting or sharing their opinion. So listening means listening and then asking clarifying questions. And maybe you'll say, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Can I just ask a question to help me understand better? Wow, how powerful can that be? And then finally, for our time today is apologize when needed. Apologize when needed. Seek forgiveness. A person with emotional intelligence will seek forgiveness. And when we're wrong, we acknowledge it. And when we've hurt someone, we own up to it. So we take the responsibility with a sincere apology. And it might look like this. I really love and care about you. Will you please um, forgive me? I, I, I realize I've said some things that I really regret and I value our relationship. That's just one way to look at it. Um, learning to manage our emotions. If you feel like you've been um, in an environment now or in the past where there's been a lot of emotional abuse, uh, do uh, get a copy. It's probably right behind me there of healing the scars of emotional abuse, healing the scars of emotional abuse and look at what that did. And then there's some specific strategies for dealing with that emotional abuse, uh, because that is a block to having emotional intelligence. And as we look at building emotional intelligence, you know what? It takes a little time, it takes baby steps, but we keep moving forward and you're gonna feel, I mean, you're gonna feel better and better and better. And sometimes we need some professional intervention to help us. Sometimes we need to go through something intensive like we do here at the center, a place of hope where, um, where we're really working intensively to really, um, shorten the time it takes to learn everything, you know, to a couple, few weeks versus a few years. So, um, and there's times where we need to really get that depression or that anxiety, or if there's addiction, I have to deal with the addiction so that I can go forward and really uh, have emotional intelligence. 
Addictions distort all emotions and it stops emotional growth. So those are a couple things to look at. And as we all are working on our well-being at the top of the hierarchy of needs, we allow for grace and patience, not only for ourselves, but for others.